Good Friday morning, City of Du Bois and surrounding communities. I am Charlene Lover, pastor of Trinity Chapel Du Bois, inviting you to journey along with me with a message on Christ in me. My only request is that you would agree to allow your hearts to be enlarged, challenged, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, Lord, that we would have ears to hear your voice. Let us begin by jumping in the waters of a teachable moment. Many of you who are listening may have said his name, Jesus Christ, while praying. And to our sadness, we at one time or another may have heard his name used as a swear word when people are angry. But do you truly know what you are saying? For many, as foolish as it may sound, think that it is his first and last name, Jesus Christ. The truth is when we use his name, it ought to be said Jesus, the Christ. However, let's be clear on this. The name Christ means the Messiah. So you are actually saying Jesus, the Messiah or Savior of the world. So let's begin with my message entitled Christ in me. With a greater understanding of knowing the importance of the name Christ and its meaning. To make this message even more clear, I need to remind you to go all the way back to Gabriel, the archangel who is the messenger of God. Gabriel means in Hebrew, God is my strength, when he came to Mary and told her. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Luke 1, 30-32 Mary carries the Christ child in her. Keep that thought in mind as we continue on. And so it began. Let's take a little journey together remembering. Jesus is born, Matthew 1, 18 through 23. Jesus is lost in Jerusalem, but is found in the temple doing his father's will. Luke 2, 41 through 52. Just a quick note. There was silence for nearly 18 years for God's timing to bring about the salvation of the world through his son, Jesus. Just because there is a time of silence doesn't mean God is not working out his plan for you. Let us continue. Now we are on a fast train. When he began his ministry, Jesus himself was about 30 years of age. The next day, he, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John 1, 29. Matthew records John's words by saying, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Matthew 3, 11. Jesus is baptized. Now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came out of heaven, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Luke three twenty-one through 22 Jesus' first recorded miracle occurred at the wedding of Cana of Galilee, John 2, 6-10. The beginning of the ministry of Jesus and the call of the first disciples is key and sets the journey in motion for a perfect plan that calls for a birthday. But don't plan the party just yet. 
Death and life are running hand in hand. Of course we know there must be a time of training, teaching, and ministering for those chosen disciples that Jesus gave himself to fully. Miracles, signs, and wonders were evidence of what was foretold of the Christ, the Messiah. Please read the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and walk in the footprints of the Savior. Miracles, testimonies of the healing of the blind and deaf, the lame, walking, deliverance from evil spirits, cleansing of the lepers, feeding of the 5,000, and so much more. And then, the Last Supper, Matthew 26, 26 through 29, Good Friday. Jesus is crucified, Mark 15, 21 through 41. Jesus dies at the age of 33. Resurrection Sunday, Jesus is raised from the dead, John 20, 1 through 31. For the world, it seems to end here. The calendar goes on to promote Valentine's Day, President's Day, St. Patrick's Day, and so on. The story of Christ goes no further unless you are committed to become one of his disciples and to bow the knee and confess with your mouth, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Sadly, the world forfeits its inheritance much too soon. This scenario brings to my mind of a radio host by the name of Paul Harvey. How I love to listen to his broadcast of the series known as The Rest of the Story. He would often present as little known or key elements of the story held back until the end. The broadcast always concluded with a variation on a tagline. And now you know the rest of the story. Allow me to be the voice that provides you with some key elements to the story that leads up to a birthday party, as I stated earlier, and the title of my message, Christ in Me. The journey is continuing just ahead, following the story of the resurrection. The liturgical calendar of the church calls us to the remembrance of Christ's ascension. After Jesus rose from the dead, he spent 40 days on earth before returning to heaven. We read in Acts 1-3, After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was very much alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Acts 1-3. 40 is a pretty significant number in scripture, and this is another one of these many occurrences. For 40 days, he continued to appear to his disciples, showing them he was alive and teaching them about the kingdom of God. It wasn't until the 40th day that Jesus ascended into heaven. Why does ascension matter? Let us meditate on these five truths. First of all, Jesus' ascension matters because Jesus returned to his Father. The night before he went to the cross, Jesus told his disciples, I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. John 16, 28. Jesus is no longer on earth because he returned to the Father. The earth is empty of Christ's physical presence because Jesus ascended. And the empty earth tells us he has ascended to heaven. The first reason why the ascension matters is that Jesus returned to the Father. He came from the Father and entered the world. He left the world and returned to the Father. The second reason ascension matters is because Jesus took his place on the throne, Mark 16, 19. 
because the king is on his throne and he has been given all authority, glory, and power. Jesus is king in heaven. And just as we pray in the Lord's prayer, his kingdom will come to earth. All that is wrong will be made right. We shall reign with him forever. It was at the ascension that Jesus took his place on the throne. The prophet Daniel had a vision of this amazing event hundreds of years before it happened. We read about it in Daniel 7. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power over all peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that never will be destroyed. Daniel 7, 13 through 14. A third reason ascension matters. Once again, the night before Jesus died on the cross, he told the disciples, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. John 14, 16 through 17. Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit who would come in his place to be with us, to live in us, to give us strength for living, power for witness, peace in trials, and to make us holy like Christ. Jesus went on to tell the disciples, I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. John 16, 7. We need the Holy Spirit. But unless Jesus went away, he could never have sent him to us. Why does the ascension matter to us today? Jesus returned to the Father. Jesus took his place on the throne. Jesus poured out the Holy Spirit. And now Jesus prays for us. When Jesus ascended to heaven, he completed his earthly ministry and began his heavenly ministry of prayer and intercession for his people. We read in Romans 8:34, Christ Jesus, who died, More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. There you have the empty cross, the empty tomb, and the empty earth once again. Jesus died, was raised to life, and ascended to the right hand of God. But what is Jesus doing at the right hand of God? He is interceding for us. He is praying for us. He is at the Father's side but he is still on our side. God is for us, not against us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Did you know that Jesus prays for you? He prayed for you this morning. He prayed for you last night. He is praying for you right now.
When Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples looked intently up into the sky as he was going. Suddenly, these two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Acts 1.11 The ascension means that Jesus left, but it is also meaning that he is coming back. And that means we've got work to do. Jesus is coming again, and so we are not supposed to be standing around looking up at the sky. We need to be busy about God's work, the work of his kingdom, sharing Christ so that others might follow him, and following Christ so that we might share him. The ascension means that Jesus will come again. Conclusion. The world around us is in so much trouble and distress. It would be easy for us to get discouraged. But that's where these five truths about the ascension give us great hope. We may not talk about the ascension as much as we do about the cross or the resurrection, but it is still a vital part of our Christian faith. The cross is empty because Jesus died. The tomb is empty because Jesus rose. The earth is empty because Jesus ascended. And because Jesus ascended, you can take comfort in these five amazing truths. Jesus is back again with his Father. Everything is as it should be. Jesus has taken his rightful place on the throne. He is king and he is in control. Jesus has poured out his Holy Spirit into our hearts. You have God with you every hour of every day. Jesus prays for you constantly. It is his prayers that keep you going. And Jesus will come again. Every eye will see him and every wrong will be made right all to the glory and honor of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. So where do we go from here? We are just around the corner from celebrating Don't Stop Now. The rest of the story is about to unfold. Acts 1, 4 through 9 states, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus goes on to say, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Warning, from this point on, it is no longer their story, but yours. For God the Father and God the Son now turns their face towards you. Will you receive and be filled 
with the power from on high. Scripture states, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Are you ready? Ready to repent of all sin. Ready with expectation, expectant attitude. Ready to ask, asking for Holy Spirit to be poured out upon them. Ready to drink, thirst for Jesus. Ready to yield, ready to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Take a peek at the word ready. You will see an acronym waiting there for you. Repent, expect, ask, drink, yield. Acts 2, 1 through 41. Ten days after Christ's ascension, the disciples are in the upper room, all 120 waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And as he promised, the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost 50. That's how you get the name Pentecost. Penta means 50. Acts 2, 1 through 41. On the day of Pentecost, was being fulfilled. All the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit, to speak in languages they had never learned. Now at that time there were Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening, because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, Aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own language? We are northeastern Iranians, northwestern Iranians, Elamites, and those from Mesopotamia, Judea, east central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, north central Turkey, the southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans, who are neighbors of Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. 
Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, What is this phenomenon? But others poked fun at them and said, They're just drunk on new wine. Peter, Peter stands on the day of Pentecost. Peter stood up with the eleven apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel, for God says, This is what I will do in these last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. And your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams, says the Lord. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of cloud will appear, for the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before the great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter continued, people of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus the victorious was a man on the divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many powerful miracles, signs, and wonders through him. This man's destiny was prearranged, for God knew that Jesus would be handed over to you to be crucified, and that you would execute him on the day of the cross by the hands of a lawless man. Yet it was all part of his predetermined plan. God destroyed the cords of death and raised him up because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. This is the very thing David prophesied about him. My fellow Jews, I can tell you there is no doubt that our noted patriarchs have both died and been buried in tombs, which remains to this day. So you can see that he was not referring to himself unto those words. But as a prophet, he knew God's faithful promise made with God's unbreakable oath that one of his descendants would take his throne. So when peering into the future, David prophesied of the Messiah's resurrection, and God revealed to him the Messiah would not be abandoned to the realm of death nor would his body experience decay. Can't you see it? God has resurrected Jesus and we all have seen him. Then God exalted him to his right hand upon the throne of highest power. And the Father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured upon us today. This is what you are seeing and hearing. When they heard this, they were crushed and realized that they had done to Jesus. They were deeply moved. They said to Peter and the other apostles, What do we need to do, brethren? Peter replied, Repent and return to God, and each of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the Anointed One, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. For God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families, for those yet to be born, and for everyone whom the Lord our God caused to himself." Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, Be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church. Pentecost, the birthday of the church. Okay, time to celebrate. Get your candles and cupcakes and sing your hallelujahs.
But before you do, meditate on these words and give thanks to God for the third person of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit. Scripture tells us, because the God who said, out of darkness light shall shine, is the one who shines in our hearts to illuminate the knowledge and glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Paul describes the believers as earthen vessels that contain this treasure. What is the treasure? The treasure is Jesus Christ, in whose face we see the glory of God. Christ lives in us, earthen vessels as a precious treasure, revealing the glory of God to us from within. 2 Corinthians 4, 6-7 through 7. And now you know the rest of the story.